Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. How can you define your brand to get the future you want? Hello everyone, Kevin Cruz here. and Today we're gonna to talk about advancing your career faster than ever before. But first, I wanna encourage you to subscribe to our newsletter at leadx.org. Each issue has actionable tips you can try right away to advance your career and to fulfill your potential. Visit leadx.org. Our guest today is a former presidential campaign spokeswoman turned marketing strategy consultant and professional speaker. Her clients include Google, the World Bank, Microsoft, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as well. She's a frequent contributor to Harvard Business Review and Forbes. She's the author of Reinventing You and Stand Out, which was named the number one leadership book of 2015 by Inc. Magazine. Our guest is Dory Clark. Welcome, Dory. Kevin, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. Really appreciate the time. So we are going to talk about personal branding in just a minute, but I want to start by asking a couple of questions that our listeners are always curious about. And the first is this whole notion and debate about work-life balance. Like, what do you think about it, and, and do you have any tips for people who are trying to achieve it? Well, I, I think that one thing that I have tried to do, and which I do think is important for hard charging professionals, you know, the kind of people uh, who want to be successful. And so work ends up uh, eating up a disproportionate share of our our time and our mental energy is that you you really have to make a concerted effort to block out the time for the other parts of your life. Otherwise, if left unchecked, work will it's it's like this I, I don't know I'm thinking back to junior high science it's like a macrophage and it's just gonna eat everything else <laughs> in its path and so for me where this really came to a head was in 2015 I published my book uh, Stand Out and I I spent all year promoting it incredibly hard I was on 160 podcasts wow. I, you know did guest blogging I did a multi-city book tour. And by the end of the year, I would go to these holiday parties and people that I'd meet would ask me things like, so what do you do for fun? And I realized <laughs> I had nothing to tell them other than work. And I, I had this horrifying realization that unless you were either a business author or someone who really liked reading business books, I was probably pretty boring. And so I needed to uh, to, to really try to insert a different dynamic in order to change that. And so uh, one thing that I did in 2016, which was a big change for me, was I started taking stand-up comedy classes. Wow. I took, uh, I took two of them, and I've now performed uh, on stages in New York probably about a dozen times. Uh, so it's been a great outlet for me, and it makes me feel less boring. Now, now, Dory, how come uh, subscribers to your email newsletter don't know about your upcoming appearances? Because I haven't heard about all these New York shows. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm keeping it a little bit on the lowdown, Kevin, until, until I become truly awesome. But, uh, but, but I will for sure keep you posted. And when I am ready for my grand coming out, when I'm going to reach for that brass ring, and uh, I'm just about ready to to get hired onto SNL, I'll be sure to let you know. Until then, listeners, we have to go over to Rascals.com or the Comedy Club and sign up for their newsletters, so we'll know when open mic night is. <laughs> So, Dory, that is great. 
So tell us about a time. You're so successful now in so many areas, but I'm sure early in your career, you must have failed as a leader in some way. Share with us one of those times and like, what, what did you learn from it? Well, you know, I've, I've been self-employed now for, for quite a while, for about a decade. But prior to that, I worked in journalism and then I worked in politics. And I think back when it comes to, uh, you know, managerial failures or leadership failures, probably one of the trickiest situations that I had was I was working on a political campaign and I was running the press department. And there was a guy who was working underneath me. And he was not someone that I chose. My boss had met him and liked him, and I actually think had a crush on him, which was not very helpful. And, uh, and so she said to me, "Oh, you need to hire this guy. He's really great." Mm. And you know, I needed I needed a staffer. I desperately needed help. I wanted to get someone on board quickly. And so I said, "Okay, sure, sure. You know, if you think he's good, let's let's bring him on." And uh, he turned out to be kind of a problem employee. He was uh, he was a little bit lazy and a little bit wow. sloppy, at least according to to my you know perfectionistic impulses. And it it was really hard to to figure that out. Um, and I you know it was it was okay. We managed to uh, you know to coexist throughout the duration of the campaign. But I think I I really could have done a better job because I got sucked into the dynamic and I think that I I should have um, I should have done a better job at trying to rise above the dynamic or reshape it and so for me it, retrospectively a book that would have been very helpful um, which I read later and thought was very insightful was one called the elephant in the room by a friend of mine named Diana McLean Smith and it focuses on how you can begin to interrupt the bad patterns that you have at work with a boss or with a subordinate or with a colleague. And, uh, and I, I think that I probably should have done a little more of that and a little less of uh, just fuming. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant in the room. I took a note of that myself. So your most recent books are reinventing you and stand out. And I mean, let's start at the beginning. So who needs a personal brand? I mean, isn't that something that, I don't know, consultants like you and entrepreneurs should be worrying about? You know, the, the first starting place for that, Kevin, is that actually everyone already has a personal brand. Ah. Yes. And so I, I think that, that cl cluing into that gives us an enormous uh, power because then then we can begin to see the world as it is because the truth is a personal brand is really it's just a synonym for your reputation everyone has a reputation people think something about you the only question is what do they think about you and is it what you would wish them to think about you and so um you know when we talk about personal brand it might it might sound like this fancy thing that only uh, consultants or authors or whoever need to worry about. But but ultimately, I think most people recognize that your reputation, in a lot of ways, is the most important asset you have. Do people think that you are a person of integrity? Do they think that your work is work of high quality? Those are the things that we want people to think of us. And so uh, it's getting strategic about making sure we are sending the right message and sending the right signals so that they will, in fact, understand what our true talents are. Yeah, this is this is really gold because I think that um, when I get you know people asking me for advice about personal branding, often it's that 
well, unfortunately, often they've just been laid off and they're trying to get a job and they think now's the time they have to think about their personal brand or they want to, you know, do a career transition. They want to pivot their career. Um, but, you know, I, I also say to people, I said, listen, you know, I've been around now long enough where, you know, think there's no no such thing as job security. So even if you think you're doing well in, you know, big co, whatever your role is there. You know, you want to know that, or you should want to be known uh, at the higher levels and be known as a as a high potential, even if you're fairly, you know, young or new in your career. And God forbid there are layoffs or something. You know, you want to be on the right list, not the wrong list. So everybody's got a reputation. It's just, are you going to be mindful of what yours is and intentional in trying to nudge it in the right direction? And Dory, so let's just build on that. I mean, if I really have no idea how to even start branding myself? Like, how do I figure out what makes me unique? Well, one of the exercises that I share in Reinventing You, Kevin, which I think is can be helpful for a lot of people, is what I call the three-word exercise. And this is a kind of stripped down, super quick, super easy life hack version of a 360. Uh, many of your listeners may have, have had 360s in the past where, you know, an executive coach will come in and they'll interview all the people around you and, uh, and kind of come back to you with a thoughtful and an, an anonymized analysis of what your strengths and weaknesses are. That's fantastic if you can have, you know, if you have the opportunity to have this in-depth analysis. But for, for most of us, um, that may not happen that frequently. You may not have access to it. And so with a three-word exercise, you can kind of do it very quickly on your own. And what this looks like is that over the course of, let's say, a week, you reach out to about half a dozen friends and colleagues. And these should be people that know you reasonably well. And you ask them literally just one simple question. And that is, if you had to describe me in only three words, what would they be? And where this is helpful is that by the time you get to the fourth, the fifth, the sixth person, you are going to start to see patterns in what they say about you. And where the reason that this is helpful, it's not necessarily that they're going to tell you things that you've never thought of about yourself. Um, probably whatever they say to you is going to be reasonably familiar if you have a decent amount of self-knowledge. But the part that is critical and the part that for most professionals they have a hard time with is understanding which of their traits are most unique and most memorable in the eyes of other people. Mm. And so when you start to hear that, when you start to, you know, to hear everybody say, oh, you're creative, you're creative. Oh, you have such great ideas. Oh, you're creative. Then you begin to, to say, oh, wait a minute. That, that sounds like a strength that I can lead with. That sounds like something that could actually be the cornerstone of a brand. Okay, so this is great. So let's say we get that feedback. You know, we're we're told we're creative, we're innovative. And these are all obviously highly desirable things in the workplace. So how do we start to craft, you know, our narrative around that? And even specifically, I'm assuming we need we need to put this forth whether it's our LinkedIn profile or uh, a coffee conversation with somebody, right? I mean, we need to to get this message across in all these areas? How do we do it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, um, that one, one thing that you can do potentially as a, as a follow-up, um, if, if the people that you are 
talking to with his three-word exercise are people that you have a good, you know, a close, trusting relationship with, you can also sometimes ask them a follow-up question. And that is, oh, you mentioned you mentioned that you think I'm creative. Thank you. Are there specific examples that you can think of? Like, why was it that creative came to mind so quickly for you? And then, you know, they may say things like, oh, well, in meetings, you're always coming up with these, you know, out-of-the-box answers. Or, oh, well, you, you know, you just have this style that's so distinctive and it's, you know, like three years ahead of what everybody else is doing or, you know, whatever, whatever those things are. But you can begin to pick up data points of what it is you're doing that is spreading that message. And that is really helpful because it means that you can do more of those things. You can kind of double down on what's already working, which is helpful. And I think that that another thing that we often forget about is just making use of the opportunities that present themselves to brand yourself. And and I'll explain what I mean. Um, Something that I feel like is just a perennial missed opportunity for most professionals is at almost any networking event or conference or whatever. If you see someone that you, that you know, what they're probably going to do is come up to you and say, Oh, Hey, Kevin, uh, how's it, how's it going? What's new with you? You know, what are you working on, Kevin? Some question like that. And the vast majority of people don't prepare for that. And they just say something really stupid, like, Oh, nothing much. Oh, same old stuff. And it's a complete waste because in that moment, it's not like you are bragging about yourself. It's not like you are, you know, thumping your chest and saying, Oh, listen to me. I'm so great. Let me tell you about me. They have literally asked you a question where they are waiting for a response. They want to hear. And so this is the moment where if you want to drive home that Kevin is a creative guy, this is the place where you can have the answer ready in your head where you can say, Oh, well, I'm actually really excited because I'm working on this cool new project doing XYZ and we're coming up with, you know, innovative new solutions to the water crisis or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And those are the, the moments where you're able to implant your brand in small ways into people's minds. Okay. So this is just a follow up on that. Would you go so far as to suggest that we all sort of need that, you know, quote unquote, 30 second elevator pitch in our pocket, ready to hand out? Or you're like, nah, it doesn't have to be like that formal. Like it just, you need to put your best strength, your best projects forward. I think that the elevator pitch itself gets uh, kind of too much hype in a lot of ways. People get uh, <laughs> get very fixated on it. And so I would say that I would rank it as something that is useful and you know definitely a, a handy thing to have. But what I think is even more useful, to your point, is to know in a rough sense, okay, you know, these – these are the, the, the tools in my toolkit. These are the things that are important to me that I'd like to talk about. So for instance, if what you're want, you know, wanting your brand in the world to be is that you'd like to be seen as a creative, uh, philanthropic kind of guy, maybe your go-to things that you talk about are your, your innovative new water project and the charity board that you just joined or, you know, something like that. Those are both great topics of conversation. And you don't have to say, oh, I'm so philanthropic. But when you tell people about, you know, the work that you're doing, that is the implicit message that gets transmitted. Yeah, that's great. And Dory, as you were just giving that example, I actually remembered I've got a, a business friend. I see him like once a year 
And years ago, when I approached him at a conference, exactly as you said, I'm like, hey, Philip, what's going on? Instead of him doing the same, you know, crazy busy, same old, same old or whatever, I said, what's going on? What have you been doing for fun? And so I expected him to talk about hobbies, vacations, family stuff. And instead he said, oh, I joined the board of the library project. We're building libraries in rural Asia. Now, nice. <laughs> I didn't realize at the time. No, so and, and funny. So I ended up <laughs> donating to this charity, getting involved in all this other stuff, whether he you know, was was looking for that. I don't know. But then throughout the conference, as I would just be hanging around or at the cocktail hour, no, almost no matter what anybody asked him as that opening, he would mention the library project. And um, so I, I, it never really occurred to me until just now that he clearly and I don't think it was like an, an elevator pitch or that, oh, I'm going to try to get don donors or something. I think and it's true. Like I think of Philip as business savvy and philanthropic be, just because that's what he talks about. That's what he he led with. And, you know, maybe that elevator pitch is a good exercise to, like, help you figure it out. But then I, then you should probably rip up the index card just so, you know, it doesn't come off uh, the, the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah, I, th I think that's a perfect example. So let's let me ask this before uh, before wrapping it up. So reinventing you. I mean, it's a great handbook for anybody. Well, it's 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 great around personal branding, but really for anybody that's thinking about making a career shift. You know, they think, eh, you know, I don't I don't want to be doing this anymore. So what would be a starting point if uh, I've got a listener out there who, you know, maybe she's a, a 30 year old attorney and said, you know what, I just don't like the law. And what Dory does sounds fun. I want to become a marketing strategy consultant. Like, <laughs> how does this 30 year old attorney begin to, to pivot in that way? Well, you know, as I have been studying over the past number of years, Kevin, the process of how people develop a robust personal brand and, and move into becoming recognized for their knowledge in a field. Um, what I have come to discover and what my research in interviewing hundreds of uh, top professionals has shown is that fundamentally there are three ingredients that you need in order to become uh, recognized for your expertise in a field. And that is content creation, social proof, and your network. And so the suggestions that, that I'm going to make for your hypothetical uh, career changer is, uh, is actually rooted in all of them. And this is one of my favorite reinvention suggestions because it literally, you know, with, with, you know, one activity, you know, you're, you know, one stone, you are killing all three birds. You are hitting all three of the key elements that you need. I'm ready to take notes. This is good. This is good. That's right. That's right. So what I would suggest is that if you are looking to make a career change, you should start blogging or otherwise creating content. This could be podcasts or videos or whatever about your new field. And the reason this is so useful is, uh, is multifold. Number one, it enables you to basically have your own curriculum of personal development because as you are writing about issues, you are learning about issues. It gives you a, a forum to learn things and work through them so that you are more educated and sound more credible when you're talking to other people. Number two, 
it is a great networking tool because oftentimes what you'll be doing is interviewing people and then writing about their thoughts, especially if you're in the nascent stages. Maybe you say, oh, gosh, I don't really know a lot about the field. You know, I don't really have any expertise to share. Fine. Interview people that you think are smart and then write, a, write about their ideas. Um, it's a way to, to get to know them and essentially to bank a favor with them because you are shining a positive light on them. That's powerful. And then, you know, in a literal sense, you are uh, creating content so that when people are searching for your name on the Internet, they're going to start seeing these blog posts, whether they're on LinkedIn or Medium or wherever. Um, that is going to increasingly be what is associated with you. So you're going to begin to transition from the old brand online to the new brand by dint of this content creation. And finally, it, it does create this social proof because People look at your LinkedIn feed, your Twitter feed, whatever. Um, you inevitably, if you're spending all your time, you know, writing and talking to people and interviewing, you're going to start talking more about the new field, and they're going to they're going to say, oh, you know, sh she's creating such thoughtful, knowledgeable content. Maybe over time, you're beginning to be able to place these blog posts not just on your own LinkedIn page, but in an industry journal, and they'll say. You know, I used to think of her as a lawyer, but now I really see she understands the marketing world well. Uh, let's, you know, let's hire her. Let's bring her on. Wow, this is is a brilliant advice and a great tactic. I um, was talking just recently to Wendy Sachs, who's uh, written about a career reinvention, and you know, she was making the point that a lot of people will, by default, think. They need to get smart about the new the new industry or the new the new area. And she was saying, you know, in this age of YouTube, et cetera, that's the easier part. What's harder is that social network. She agreed that you need that that the network, the connections. And she talked about going to conferences and other you know good ideas for building that network. I like what you said. You, you throw one stone and you're going to be learning. You're going to be building content out uh, as you build your network at the same time. And I think just by association, that kind of a blog, those kinds of articles and interviews are going to provide tremendous social proof. And if you can get any of those republished elsewhere, I mean, that's that's even even better. Wow, that's great, Dory. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. So. As a final question, I like to challenge our listeners to get a little bit better every single day. What do you want to challenge them to do? What's an action they can take right now? All right. So I was I was mentioning the, the three key components that, uh, that we all should be thinking about with content creation, social proof and your network. This is the foundation of, uh, of what I teach in, a, in an online course that I offer called Recognized Expert. And so one of the activities that I suggest in the course and I think that is something that's really useful for just about anyone is to create a prioritized list of your contacts. And let me explain what I mean. Um, some people might think that that sounds mercenary in some way, <laughs> like you're ranking your friends. Um, but what I'm talking about specifically, you know, this, this isn't about your, your personal friends. You can be friends, of course, with whoever you want. What we're thinking about here is your business contacts. And the, the, the metric you should be thinking about is simply who are the people in your professional life that you respect the most, trust and want to learn from the most. And, you know, I, I think that with, with a little bit of thinking, you know, you sit down for 15 minutes, you could create a pretty good list of, let's say, 10 people that, that you feel meet those criteria. And the reason that's so important to do is that for many of us, that's implicit in our heads. 
But if we sit down and make it explicit, it makes it a lot easier to do the next step. And this is this is where the rubber meets the road, which is becoming intentional about who we are spending our time with. For so many of us, you know, these busy professionals, our schedule oftentimes, if we do not really try to steer it deliberately, gets dictated by other people's priorities. You know, who do you spend time with? Well, it's probably the people in the office next to you, or maybe it's just the people who are really persistent about emailing you and saying, let's get coffee, let's get coffee. And that that is not how to steer your life. If you want to accomplish something, you can't just be a ship buffeted in the wind from one email to another. You need to be steering and heading in a direction. And that means spending time proactively with the people you respect most and want to learn from. And if you have it actually written down, if you know explicitly who they are, then it enables you to become proactive. And instead of just responding, it's you reaching out and saying, could we get coffee or I'm going to work out next Wednesday. Do you want to join me or let's get a walk in, you know, during lunchtime or whatever it is, but you need to make the choice in terms of building a solid and powerful network to surround yourself with the people that you like and respect. And it's, it's in that choosing that you are able to separate yourself. Wow. Powerful advice. You know, there's an old saying in the sort of personal success genre that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think, you know, similar in this vein, it's almost like a, a personal uh, board of directors or, or, or mentors. And, you know, whether they're people that you already know, but you should be spending more time uh, with or even aspiration, aspirational figures, people that maybe you need to reach out and, and uh, uh, make that that initial connection, that would be a powerful activity to do starting today. So, Dory, what's the best way our listeners can find out more about you, your company, your books? Well, thanks, Kevin. Uh, if folks would like to learn more on my website, which is doryclark.com, it's D-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-R-K.com, I have more than 400 free articles available that I've written for places like Forbes and the Harvard Business Review. And I also have a free 42-page self-assessment workbook that helps people really think strategically about their brand. And it walks you step-by-step step through discovering who you are, what you want to be known for, and how to spread those ideas. And you can download that for free at my website, doryclark.com. Great. All right, friends, you've just been mentored by personal branding guru, Dory Clark. Check out her books on amazon.com or your favorite bookstore. You can get the links she mentioned and show notes from this interview over at leadx.org. And before you go, I got to ask a favor. If you've even gotten one new idea from this show, just take a minute and leave a short, honest review on iTunes or Stitcher because the more reviews a podcast gets, the more likely it is that iTunes will show it off to new people. Until next time, my friends, remember, you don't need a title to be a leader. It's not about power or authority. Leadership is influence. How are you going to lead today? 